Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. Uh, this week we look ahead to the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, I am Tom King and I am joined by Chris Evans. Hello. And Stu Greenwood. Hello. One is jet lagged once more. <laughs> Every week yep. we have a jet lagged member of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been the worst podcast member because I've not listened to last week's episode yet. Oh, wow. I was saving it for the plane home and then I fell asleep immediately. So. <laughs> is it, that's how good it is. That's how good the podcast is. Chris listens <laughs> to his own podcast. <laughs> um, so we've got a little bit of news to cover from around the world of the sport, and then we can start looking ahead to Canada itself. So uh, one of the key news stories from last week was that Dirk De Beer left Williams. So he was head of aerodynamics there from last season, having moved from Ferrari. Um Honestly, I'm not that surprised this has happened because that car hasn't looked very good from an aerodynamic perspective all season. Um, I don't know about your thoughts on it between you. Yeah, they're getting some separation mid-corner mm-hmm. um, by the sounds of it and separation mid-corner is not what you want on a Formula 1 car. No, given that it has what on paper is the fastest engine and it's the slowest car. Yeah. Aero is kind of your problem there, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was highlighted by how much better it performed in Baku, where there's far less dependency on the aero and it's more about the power. Yeah, yeah. It, it highlighted exactly the concerns that many people had had with the aero package. Um, it's meant that so it's just been some internal promotion, effectively. Um, and Paddy Lowe has said that basically they kind of understand where their issues are and have put what is a recovery program in place. <laughs> so what that means for Williams for the rest of the season, I don't know, but being bottom of the championship at the moment with, I think it's a measly four points at the moment, it's not the best scenario for a team of their prestige to be in, is it? No, because is this Paddy Lowe's second season with Williams? Mm, I want to say yes, because <laughs> that kind it kind of sounds like you know a year of assessing and seeing where the problems lie, and now he's kind of making his mark on the team and making his changes. I guess. Yeah, possibly. I don't know if De Beer was his hire though. To be honest, came into the team at around the same sort of time. Yeah, I guess so. But so. if he'd come in at around the same time. Probably not. He probably got hired at the same time by whoever was making the decisions, I guess. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I guess it could have maybe been Pat Simmons or someone that brought him in before Paddy joined, something like that. But yeah, either way, he he is no more and Lowe is making his changes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In other team changes around the grid, um, Vijay Malia has stepped down as the director of Force India, but he does still remain uh, team principal. So... I don't know how much difference that'll make to the team itself, to be completely honest. I mean... And I think there's legalities involved in this more than anything sport. Oh, yeah. I mean, given that he doesn't really attend that many races anymore, I can't see it making much of a difference at all. I mean... I think that's mainly because depending on which airports he went through, he'd probably get arrested. Yeah. (laughs) Without being... I don't know. I don't even know what the exact scenario is, but I know that the Indian government are not very keen on Mr. Malia these days. 
yeah, it very much sounds like a legal bit of wheel dealing rather than anything. Yeah, it's gonna make a huge difference to the team, I don't think. Yeah, so he's still the co-owner and he's still um, team principal, but he's just stepped down as a director. So I don't think it'll be anything hugely significant for the team, but just thought it worth mentioning. Well, have you, have you heard that they might be being sold to an energy drinks firm? A premium energy drinks firm. <clears throat> Ooh, premium. Which yeah. one? Which one? Oh, hint, hint without, without saying the brand, stew. which one is it? Well, they've already got one on the car, haven't they? Like uh, hype energy or something? That yeah, they have got that one, but um or some well eighty. I think Renault actually have got hype. Oh maybe that's Renault. Renault. But um the uh it's it's this it's, it's there's a livery come out this week, um a black and gold livery. And okay. uh it's oh, what is the name of the firm now? <laughs> there are, but there, anyway, there's talk there is talk of a, an energy drinks firm buying them out. It's been doing the rounds for a couple of weeks. Interesting. Um, so we'll see what what happens there. It, do, it very much looks like they're gearing up to sell it, especially with the name change and all that kind. Of, that was sort of yeah. It's been knocking around for ages. That kind of are oh, they going to change the name? Are they going to sell? Kind of thing. Mm. It's got to happen eventually, I think. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think with VJ's issues as well, though he he might just be wanting to get rid. Um. Yeah. But you'd as long as whoever takes hold of that team doesn't, um, you know, doesn't run it into the ground or yeah, derail it from its like, current path, you don't want to upset that trajectory that they've been on over the last few years. No, true. Plus, I, it's they, you know, they're the team that used to be Jordan. There's people that've been there for years and years. So yeah, <clears throat> you'd hope the new people coming in would, just, yeah, like you say, look after them and keep them on that trajectory. Definitely. Hopefully, the uh, the energy drink sort of method <laughs> will, might work out well. It's worked once it. before. Yeah, it's worked once before. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> um, one piece of news that it's sort of been around for a long time. This is something that it's been on the cards for a while. Um, I can remember Martin Brundle testing these about three years ago, two maybe two years ago at Monaco. Um, and that's the new 18-inch rims for the wheels um, instead of the current 13-inch ones. And it's basically a change that is, quote-unquote, more than likely to happen as part of the 2021 regulations. Do you remember we so- actually saw them once, Stu? When we went to testing at Silverstone in, like, 2011, yes. 2012, I think yeah, it was? Yeah. And they had a car there sort of doing, like, a, a little test run on them. Um so that's how long it's been knocking around for. Yeah, ages and ages and ages. Yes, so the, the overall wheel size shouldn't particularly change, as in tyre included. What it obviously means is a larger rim with a lower profile tyre, much like what is running things like Formula E, for example. Yeah. Um, series, sports mm-hmm. car racing. Yeah, like most sports car series have used it for a long time now. It's um, only really F1 and an IndyCar that run sort of big fat tyres and small rims yeah. these days, isn't it? Um, there's something interesting about this because the the teams were staunchly opposed to it before and um, suddenly they're not staunchly opposed to it and I think mm-hmm. I know why. Um, you would have noticed on the floors of the cars around the rear tyres we're getting lots of sort of serrations and cuts to try and stop yeah. a phenomenon called tyre squirt. Mm-hmm. 
and tire squirt is symptomatic of the tire being compressed and then pushing the air around as a result of its compression because it changes shape. Um, now, a, a, a thinner tire will produce less tire squirt because there's less sidewall to move around and generate tire squirt. So I think that's why they're a bit suddenly on board. Yeah, a bit more interesting on board with it. Because I was going to say it's like it's not just like you can stick these tires on the existing cars and be done with it. Like it would need a wholesale suspension change because yeah. right now so much of the movement of the car comes from the tires compressing, and obviously yeah. less tire is less compression area. Precisely, like the change itself would lead to suspension changes at, at minimum. Just mm. because, like you say, you know, there's there's so much of the contingency of the way that the car reacts to things like curbs and and just just the movement of the car in general, like the cornering speeds. Because in, I'd guess in theory that this would probably reduce cornering speeds slightly because there'd be less movement and giving the tire. I'd be interested to yeah. see a current Gen F1 car run these in a test. Um, just well, these cars, for sure, these cars would be slow with those tyres on because they're not yeah. developed around that that sort of package. But, Hit a curb and you probably break the rims. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't, I don't think we would lose that much speed because it's it's all down to just suspension travel and softening some springs, really, and the tolerances would be sort of made a little bit softer inside of all the suspension areas. So it's yes, it is. A, it would be a complete redesigned suspension. But then, you know, what I like about these kind of regulation changes is it opens up the doors for the order to be shaken up and yeah. it opens up, you know, it, 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 creative possibilities in terms of development of, of the suspension Yeah, there is itself. that. So I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all about this. I'd love to see it come in. And they look great as well. They, you know, just looking at a photo now. See, I disagree. I humbly disagree on that. Man. I don't really like the look of them. But What about on Formula E, though? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I think they work a bit better on there, maybe. I don't know. But, like, every one of these changes that everyone loses their minds over, we would get used to it within three races. So One race. <laughs> yeah, one, one race. race. By testing, in fact. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's less dramatic a change than the Halo. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's People have been much less opposed to it since the Halo has come about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, when when it comes to looking at wheels in that sort of size, I think Chris is right in saying that pretty much in terms of top level motorsport, there's only really Formula One and IndyCar that are that are still running high profile chunky tires. Like everything else, pretty much is running something similar to this anyway. So I think it looks the norm to anyone that watches a multitude of motorsports anyway. So. It's going to disappear even quicker than the Halo, like you say. Yeah, true. In terms yeah. of the aesthetic of it, the change of it. So, um, and we'll get we might get all kinds of different funky rim designs as well. That's true. Yeah, <clears throat> for aerodynamic purposes, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, visually, there's a, there's a lot of scope for uh, for interesting looks. Get some six spinners on there. To <laughs> <get some aero. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that the most interesting point about it is one that you were making, Stu, where it does promote that opportunity to shake up the order a little bit because if somebody nails a suspension system that works with these new wheels, then that could project like a, a Red Bull back to the front of the grid or something and and balance out a power deficit in the engine because they've got a superior 
system that they built around the wheels. So yeah, I do absolutely. I do hope for something like that with these kind of changes personally, more than anything. Yeah, it's definitely going to benefit teams who are better at aero, like your Red Bulls of the world. Yeah. Um, one Mr. Alonso has been practicing for Le Mans, among <laughs> many other drivers, um, and yet again, he's fastest. Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> he just seems very happy again, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, it was it was around half a second faster in the end, wasn't it? Um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, point, point 0.6 or something faster. And it wasn't even the sister car that they were faster than. It was um, the Rebellion. So the other Toyota was in back in third, um, another point one, point 0.1 of a second or more behind. So they actually look quick, the Rebellions. Yeah, it looks like a good car. Um, JB was up there as well with his... Um, teammate in Petrov as many F1 fans will know yeah uh, they were up there in fifth from practice above their teammates so it could look good for some ex-F1 drivers come next weekend isn't it yeah well yes the, the, um, the SMP and the Rebellion look genuinely competitive in that in yes that race. which is good yeah it is good because we were all expecting Toyota to just come along and blow everyone out of the water you'd, you'd ex- that's what you'd expect a factory team to show up and do that but yeah it's Toyota isn't it <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen self implosion <laughs> yeah yeah um, did you um, speaking of Jensen did you see how he ended up getting his drive with them I did not he's um, I can't remember the driver's name now but there's another driver that he's like known for years um, happened to be at the track where they were doing their like pre-season testing. Um, he was there for some other reason. We happened to be there and saw the car. It was like, that looks quite quick. So he like got Jensen on the blower and went, you might want to give these guys a ring because I've got a quick car. So you might want to <laughs> like, give them a bell, see if they've got a seat free. So he literally just phoned up and said, hi, have you got any spare seats? So they're like, yeah, come down, give it a go. <laughs> Why not? I would if I was him. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And then the next, the, in the blink of an eye, he's at Le Mans testing. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, looking decent as well. Yeah, those those guys. I think it's gonna be a tight race, LMP one. Certainly hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, Renault are due to bring some engine upgrades to this weekend's race. Um, will more than likely be on the works car, but it's quite possible they won't provide it to the customer teams. Um, or if they do, they've not decided which yet. And it almost reads in a lot of articles like they are snubbing Red Bull. Mm. <laughs> um, I wonder why. <laughs> but it's partly down to who's used what components is the reasoning behind it, is what they've said. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Ricardo broke half his engine in Monaco on his way to winning it. So yeah, uh, if he took the new engine now, he'd have penalties like by mid-season I think wouldn't he yeah there's a lot of people on the cusp of penalties for engine components if they started taking them um, and I think that's one of the reasons for not just dishing it out um, I guess as well part of it is maybe wanting to test that they're getting the upgrades that they expect on the factory True. car first before handing it out to everyone but um Christian Horner seems optimistic about the upgrade that will come. I've seen a quote from him saying that it will be small. It will be a small upgrade, but a significant one. Whether it helps them close the gap further, 
on more power dependent tracks is yeah. another matter altogether. <clears throat> well, you know, Ferrari and Mercedes are also going to have new engines for Canada, so precisely, yeah. everyone's bringing a little bit of something this weekend. Yep. So, no mention, no word from Honda. Uh, on what they're no, doing. they've been so quite they've been quiet, haven't they? Conspicuously silent, haven't they, on their um, engine plans for Canada? Yes, I haven't seen anything from them. No. So, whether that's just a, it's a need to know basis for now, and they'll just surprise yeah, us on the day, or whether I'm sure Red Bull it's the, Well, yeah, Red Bull or Antoro so should hopefully know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't maybe see anything from them until um, two or three races down the line with how quiet it's been. But you never know, they might just turn up with something quietly Whatever and discreetly. <laughs> Blows all out the how water. Many times have we, how many times have we joked that's going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> One day, Honda are going to come good. One day. Yeah. Show up at Spa with just an absolute monster. <laughs> smash everyone. <laughs> Oh, imagine, imagine. Um, on other sort of engine-related news as well, um, Ferrari are basically having their ERS system monitored in Canada, even closer by the FIA. So Mercedes originally logged a complaint about the ERS system on the Ferrari because they believed that Ferrari was managing to bypass a FIA sensor which stopped them exceeding a 120 kilowatt limit from electronic components of the engine in the MG UK. Yeah, because I didn't realise until I read about this that Ferrari actually have two separate batteries which no other team has. Although they they technically work together as one single battery. It's It's actually two batteries. Yeah, it's in two two parts, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And yeah, Mercedes essentially were believing that that might be giving um, a hidden advantage or a bypass to a regulation. So yeah. the FIA were very closely watching the Ferrari through uh, monitoring techniques in Monaco, and they intend to do something very similar through some software updates in Canada as well. Um, they seem generally they seem happy with what Ferrari are doing, as in. There doesn't appear to be any rules broken at the moment, but they are keeping their eye on it until they are completely satisfied with the scenario. Um, thinking back to Monaco, you're not really going to see a huge amount of that anyway, which I think is probably why the FIA are carrying it forward into this weekend to look at it again at a circuit where that power is going to be a lot more effect- yeah, effective very much an and track. more likely to spot any... Untoward behaviour, let's say. <laughs> Any discrepancies? Yeah. I do like the Mercedes didn't actually technically lodge a complaint. They just said to Charlie, "If we were to do this, would yeah. that be okay?" Yeah. Because Ferrari Sneaky. might be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the technology behind it being two separate batteries is, um, or well two into one like the, the the technology behind that is interesting so it would be nice if we got one of those little f1 pieces on the official website at some point that 
showed us a little more detail about it at some point later in the season, which yeah, you usually get eventually, especially after investigations like this. Might be uh, after the end of the season. <laughs> it, yeah, okay. sometimes you have to wait that long, but occasionally you get like nice little pieces about the arrow. Uh, once people have got enough photographs and are able to decipher what's going on. I think with Ferrari technology, Tom, I won't be holding my breath. (laughs) (laughs) There is that. (laughs) Um, What I do find interesting about this whole saga is that if the FIA are monitoring a potential um, workaround that Ferrari have been experimenting with, there's nothing to stop Ferrari simply switching off that workaround while it's being tested. That's true, yeah. Electronics and computers. Well, so I'd have thought that whatever the FIA have been working on in Monaco and then improved for Canada to monitor it would stay on that and all the cars probably going forward. Yeah, You'd expect it's... if it's something that will accurately read out that output to make sure they're not exceeding a limit that has been set. I don't remember ever hearing of like them putting a specific sensor on a specific car before. Like generally, these things tend to be like the se- you know uniform across all teams. Yeah, but... usually. Or at the very least, they'll put in a dummy unit that weighs the same because those few grams make all the difference. Yeah, and we know what F one teams are like about their weight. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the only other little bits really were. Um... Zach Brown's basically come out and officially said that McLaren aren't expecting to be winning anything, let alone titles, before 2021, um, which is... Not great. The new rules, basically. Yeah, it's sort of saying that they're making steps in the right direction, but trying to hunt down Red Bull this season was too ambitious. Um, You mean a little like saying you were going to win titles with Honda was ambitious as well, Zach? (laughs) I remember that. It shouldn't be. Chasing their Red Bull shouldn't be ambitious for them. No. Not a team of their size. Their ambition. Yeah. Um, One other thing that caught my eye, though, is that um, him and I think it was one of the shareholders for McLaren, if I remember rightly, and actually Alonso's manager were all knocking around the IndyCar paddock in the last couple of races, um, Detroit specifically. And there's a lot of talk that they're moving closer to starting a permanent McLaren IndyCar team, which would be very interesting to see because if they're openly admitting that they're not expecting to be a title challenger at all for the next three years, if Alonso wins... Le Mans this year he has two components of the Grand Slam yeah they're basically just building McLaren around Alonso at this point yeah and it would not surprise me at all that especially if he actually manages to pull off Le Mans this year if that McLaren IndyCar team turned up next year with him as the lead driver and yeah. he just says goodbye to F1 for whether it's for a little while or whether it's permanently. Well, it honestly would not surprise me to see him jump to IndyCar and and have a two or three years attempting that Indy 500. Well, he's not going to stick around until 2021 to wait to win an F1 title. Again. No, no chance. So he might as well go do something productive in the meantime. Yeah, <laughs> he's all about that triple crown. Oh yeah. If, if I agree with you, Tom, I think. If he if if he wins the Le Mans race, if he wins at Le Mans, then he'll be 
in a in in a in a IndyCar of some description next season. Yeah, absolutely no doubt yeah. in my mind about that. And to be fair, even even if not, there's still scope to be able to race something like Le Mans whilst in the IndyCar series. Of course, so he could still juggle to, whether he be able to juggle the whole WEC. It, might get a little taxing, but it's only the same as what he's doing this year, isn't it? Just, just about what dates clash where, I guess. Yeah, so. isn't he racing like pretty much every other weekend? More or it? less, yeah, 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 and then some, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I just keep seeing negativity from Brendan Hartley lately. <laughs> That's the only other thing I've seen in the news. Uh, he was saying that. The fourth in Bahrain that Gasly managed to pull off was misleading of the team's actual representative pace. And there was something else that he said earlier in the, uh, well, late last week, which was along the lines of, I need to remember how to enjoy racing in Formula One again. And that yeah, just doesn't sound good at all, really, coming from a driver in that tragic, scenario. Yeah. A driver that's potentially been edged out as well if rumours are to be believed to be then saying he's not enjoying it and he's got to try and remember how to enjoy it it's not the smartest thing to say is it That's really a no. strange thing for a rookie to say yeah yeah I, I mean at least it looks like he's going to be racing in Canada now which was like up in the air for a while yeah I've not heard anything no. contrary uh, Marco's been saying he's um not best pleased with the scenario, but <laughs> when is he ever best pleased? <laughs> yeah, when when is he ever pleased with anyone? <laughs> I've not seen Helmut Marco best pleased in about three years. <laughs> Maybe more than that, to be honest. Yeah, only once or twice. I mean, to be fair, Toro Rosso just announcing a new driver on like the Thursday before a race is not unheard of. So he might still not be in Canada. You never know. Yeah, um, but yeah, can't see making the end of the season anyway. He's, he, he might struggle if he doesn't suddenly find something from somewhere and yeah. it sounds like the car is not going to give him that anytime soon. So his only hope think, really is bettering Gasly each week. Yeah. And that's not an easy task, as we know. I think his only saving grace at the moment is that Red Bull don't have an obvious replacement waiting in the wings for him. Yeah. They've sort of ex- exhausted their young driver list over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and that that's it, really. I think now. Yeah. I have a I have an emergency question. <clears throat> oh, go! Oh, hit us. Since since we're looking ahead to Canada, mm-hmm. um, who, if anyone, do we think will be first to hit the wall of champions this weekend? Oh, yes, wall champion. Um, um, I think Hamilton's due a, a, a scrape with the wall of champions. He's never been in the wall, no, has he? Hasn't, he hasn't ever. And he's overdue one. Vettel has. Yeah, yeah Vettel Pretty has. Pretty sure Alonso has. Uh, JB's hit as well in the past. Yeah. Like most yeah. most champions have hit the wall since mm. the curse began. Um, I'm going to go to the other end of the grid and I'm going to say Stroll. Stroll will be first to hit it. His home race. Yeah. Oh, savage. <laughs> this was a turning point for him last season as well, wasn't it? It was actually, yeah. Mm. He had an okay rate. He, did, he went well there last season. Yeah. I, I. Do you know who I think it might be? It might be Kimmy. Don't know why, but he he sometimes gets a little, a little loose and a little close to walls in these kind <laughs> of races. And it wouldn't be the first time I've seen him clip the wall of champions with his rear wheel. 
even if it do- hasn't caused yeah. huge amounts of damage, he's definitely done it. So I think it was him that rubbed the wall on the outside of turn four a year yes. or two ago. Yeah. yeah. He's he definitely has a lot of close calls with the wall. Speaking of rubbing walls, <laughs> did you see the Robert Q- Kubitz's virtual lap <laughs> yeah. around yes. the thing? When he hits the, <laughs> hits the left wall, he's just like, oop, and just carries on. <laughs> I like his style. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, I suppose since I were predicting things for the Canadian Grand Prix, we should maybe do the predictions. Do some actual predictions. predictions. Yeah, some, some valid predictions. Yeah. Some valid. Yeah, they're not valid. They're never valid. <laughs> they're, never, they're never that brilliant, are they, from us, <laughs> considering. I'm, I'm quite happy with mine. Oh, so well, yeah, you too. So that's, in, that's yeah. enough for me. I'm, like, I'm, I'm having a shock of this season. You're day. doing okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do some predictions then. Who's going to... Who's going to read it for predictions? Go on, I'll do it. I've, I wasn't here last week, so I'll say something. Um, <laughs> and that also means I don't have to go first for fastest qualifier, so it's all good. Uh, Tom, you can go first, I think, this week. Fastest in Q3. I think on a track where power is useful and knowing the track and its limits is useful, it's Lewis. Makes sense. Stu? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Lewis as well. Boringly, so am I. It's it's happy hunting ground for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. First ever win there. He's won it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obvious choice. Uh, but is he going to win, Stu? Absolutely, definitely. Because whenever he's been on pole, he has won at uh, at Canada. This is going to be a boring week, isn't it? I'm <laughs> saying Hamilton as well. Double hammer game. And I'm saying the same. And if if he wins this weekend, he will tie Schumacher's record there of seven wins. And oh, nice. did you know that Hamilton's the only person on the current grid to have won Canada more than once? Really? Yeah. Yeah, Vettel's only won it once. They've all He's been anyone on, Vettel's else been on pole three times and only won it yeah. once. Anyone else that has won it that is on the grid currently has only won it once. That's a good stat. Um, first DNF. It's my turn. No, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, last year, that was Carlos Sainz Jr. Him and Mass were out on lap one. Yeah, um, that was all Sainz's fault as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, he yeah. made an absolute mess of it, didn't he? Went into Grosjean. He squeezed Grosjean. And, um, yes. Grosjean, when he just speared himself round and flew backwards into Massa, and yep. then they both wiped across the front of a bunch of other cars, but... They're the only two to retire yeah. in that particular incident. Like Grosjean did go on to finish tenth. Um, let's first DNF. I'm going to go for. I'm going for Hulkenberg this week. Hulkenberg. Yeah. A turn one incident mid pack. <laughs> Tom. Hmm. Difficult one. Yeah, it's tricky. When when things happen here, it tends to be at that spot it did last year, if it's opening lap. Like yeah. most people generally seem to get through one and two okay, but then three and four is where things start getting a it's little tight. So mm. it's gonna be somebody in the middle of the pack around there. I... Hmm. Someone like Hulkenberg. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> a couple of Force Indias. Might be uh, might be tangling. I was th- I was edging towards Force India, and I really, for some reason, wanted to say Ocon. 
I'm all about these like falls from grace. <laughs> so like good good point scoring weekend followed by total mess. So yeah, why not? Let's say Ocon. Ocon. Stu. Um I am going to say I think this week it will be I'm gonna say, oh god, it's, it's so difficult. It's really hard. It's this week. really difficult this week because that Wall of Champions just catches so many people. I'm gonna say Magnussen because Magnussen's be is uh, waiting for Magnussen to crash. Is that really, I, I is, thought that last run? week, and he still didn't do it last week, so I'm giving <laughs> up on him. I'm moving on. Yeah, he's had so many scrapes. And yeah, got away with them. I think his looks gonna run out. It's got to eventually. Yeah, uh, and I think it'll be the Wall of Champions on that one. Yeah, <laughs> number of finishes, Tom. Last year we had four retirements. Yeah, um, a combination of collisions and failures mm-hmm. as well, wasn't it? I think we've got Renaults, uh, at least some Renault-powered cars using new engines. We've got people who might end up crashing into each other, and then there's Hondas on the grid. So <laughs> five retirements. So that's fifteen finishes. Fifteen finishes. Wow. Fifteen. Advance on 15, Stu? I'm going to go 17. Ooh. And I'm going to split the difference and go 16. <laughs> and we need a random driver. We do. Generate away, Chris. And that random driver is going to be... Gasly. Ooh. Pierre Gasly. Oof. Um, who's first? I've lost track. Uh, you are first. No, no, it's first. No, I'm first. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's you. Um, where's Gasly going to finish? He's in a Toro Rosso. He's got a Honda engine. He's at a power circuit. I'm going to say, of the 17, I believe will finish the race. I think he'll be 15th. 15th. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, 14th. Ooh. 14th. Because he'll beat Hartley and he'll beat the two Saubers. <sighs> Let's see. Yeah, that's a pretty good shout. I'm going to go for... Mm. I said one less finish than you, so I'm going to put him one higher, 13th. Oh, I was going to go 13th. You're welcome to. I think he'll finish, and like Stu says, if there's something like a Sauber still on the circuit, it'd hopefully finish above that. So (laughs) if I'm going with 15 finishes, I'm going to say 13th. 13th as well. Whoops. 135. <laughs> uh, cool. That's that's it. Um, but it's no fun unless you guys join in. So you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. As always, there's a prize every week if anybody gets a clean sweep and a prize for the season champion at the end of the year. Uh, yes, get involved. Yeah, and if you'd like to get involved in other means just by getting in touch to say things or uh, things you want us to talk about, whatever it may be, uh, then you can do so by finding us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook by just simply searching for Back of the Grid. You can find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid. And as Chris mentioned before, you can head to backofthegrid.com where uh, you can register for the Predictions League. But there's also a little contact us form which will let us know that you've been in touch. Um, also don't forget to join our fantasy league on formula1.com and more importantly do not forget to like share and subscribe the the podcast it really really does help us millions thank you (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and that is it for this week, I guess, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Nice, so. short and brief one. Yep. yep. Not, not a lot going on this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, see you after the Canadian Grand Prix, everybody. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.